Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe and Amber, the podcast. All right, here we go. The weekend has arrived. Welcome to Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. His name is Tyler Foljam. My name is Joe Fortenball. It is great to have you with us this evening. We are going to talk a ton of football because we have a ton of football on the schedule. Two games already in the books, six preseason games tonight, six preseason games tomorrow, two preseason games on Sunday. We've got six big questions surrounding six games set to take place between tonight and tomorrow. Let's lay down some music. Let's go to work. All right, Mr. Foljam, you're going to be in the hot seat here. Question number one, 7 p.m. Eastern, the Cincinnati Bengals are taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers find themselves as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Jordan Love is the focal point in Green Bay this season. He will start tonight as he gets set to take over for Aaron Rodgers. We know a good year means he's moving on as the starting quarterback of the team. What does a bad year mean for Jordan Love in Green Bay? It means that his time in Green Bay is probably short-lived. We know that this upcoming draft not only has Caleb Williams as you know almost a generational prospect, but Drake May, maybe Jordan Travis, Riley Leonard at Duke, there's Quinn Ewers. There's a bunch of nice prospects, depth at the quarterback position. So if Jordan Love falters in 2023, that may be the only opportunity he gets with the Green Bay Packers to be the franchise's starting quarterback. I don't think the world is prepared for a situation in which Jordan Love plays, let's call it slightly above average football, the Packers win games, and the Jets start the season two and four Mm. because Mm. they have a tough schedule leading into that week seven bye. Imagine Green Bay playing well, the quarterback playing well, and things going sloppy in New York. Just think about all the things that will be discussed on first take. Question number two. 7 p.m. Eastern tonight, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh laying two and a half points in this matchup. Baker Mayfield expected to get the start for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is going to be his fourth team in six seasons. Cleveland, Carolina, the Rams, and Tampa Bay. If it doesn't look good here and he can't beat out Kyle Trask, what's next for Mayfield? He's looking at a maybe three, four, five-year run as just a backup quarterback. And that may even be hard to come by because when you're losing a quarterback competition to Kyle Trask, I know he was a second rounder. I know Bruce Arians liked him and still does. And he's got some tools to work with. But most people in media, certainly, maybe scouts feel differently, would say Kyle Trask, that's who you're going to lose to as a number one overall draft pick at one point in your career. Uh, He's definitely relegated to backup status, and it may be backup status on a bad team or trying to search for a job at all in the NFL. It would be trouble if Mayfield loses this uh, competition. I, I think a lot would have to go wrong for him and or a lot would have to go right for Kyle Trask to get the nod. Because if you're Tampa Bay, the thought process is this. It's probably better to start with Mayfield, and if it doesn't go well, turn it over to Trask, who has no experience, versus start with Trask, and then if it goes poorly, turn it over to Mayfield. It just feels like there's an order in which 
this could go calmly, and the order would be Mayfield followed by Trask. Game number three, 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight. The Cleveland Browns are laying three against the Washington Commanders. Tough week for Washington. It starts off with players going to Ron Rivera, saying new offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, who comes over from Kansas City, had been too hard on them. They didn't like the way he was being pushed. Rivera tells the media this inexplicably <laughs> and then tries to walk it back the next day. Preseason games, generally, if teams don't play well, we don't care. C.J. Stroud and the Texans struggled in the first half last night. No big deal. But if the commanders struggle tonight, is that going to be a big story? Uh, It will just be a continuation. It'll be the next chapter. I don't think it's going to be a huge, huge story because, again, they're they're probably not going to see a lot from uh, starters or players that will contribute. We know around Sam Howell, especially at wide receiver, even running back, there's some pretty good talent there. So if the enemy's offense struggles in this opening exhibition game, I don't think it's that big of a concern. I still think the bigger issue is that players are either complaining about his intensity or the head coach is sharing that with the media like is there some kind of <laughs> is there some kind of uh like clash going on between Rivera and Bienemy already is Rivera feeling the heat that Bienemy might be coming for his job or something like that like I'm confused as to why the head coach would go to the media and volunteer such information the more things change in Washington, the more they stay the same. None of this should be confusing. It's just another year of Commanders football. Game number four, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's the Cardinals and the Broncos. Broncos find themselves as a six-point favorite in this matchup. Arizona projected to be the worst team in the NFL this season. Russell Wilson will get the start for the Denver Broncos tonight. Would you lay six points as a gambling man in an NFL preseason game with the Broncos? I would not. As a matter no, of fact, it's my huh? best bet on daily wager, taking the Cardinals <laughs> Uh, plus all those points. And preseason on principle alone and scoring is just hard to come by, especially the first week. Laying six points, I'm not going to do that. Sean Payton's saying he's going to play his uh, starters and that they're going to turn the culture around here and, you know, undo the worst coaching job, hack job in NFL history. Uh, <laughs> two, maybe three series for the starters. And then you have Jonathan Gannon on the other side, who's far more likely to treat this like a real regular season NFL game because it's the first time he's been on the headset as an NFL head coach. He needs the reps acting like it is real live bullets. Sean Payton's done this 7,000 times. So I actually love the Cardinals at six-point dogs. I think taking the Broncos as a massive favorite in the preseason because all of a sudden Sean Payton there is a bit misguided. Game number five, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. The Chicago Bears laying three and a half against the Tennessee Titans. Bears are off a three-win season, but are getting a ton of hype this year due to some of the offseason acquisitions they've made. Do you buy the Bears as a legitimate playoff threat? I buy them as a wild-card threat. They have the second easy, or one of the top, Ten five easiest schedules, I should say. And they have a massive rest advantage. I think the largest in terms of days that they have in terms of rest advantage over their opponents. So a lot lines up for them, Joe. But that's still a big leap going from three wins. Remember, they were the team that owned the number one overall pick. They traded out of that spot. But people may forget, they had the worst record in the NFL last year and had the first pick until they traded out. I believe Justin Fields is good. And I think they did a lot to help around this team. But man, it's a big jump going from like three wins to nine or ten necessary for the playoffs. The most telling sign that it's a new era in Chicago football is that they will be an offensive-based team this season. You'll watch them. You'll be impressed with the offense. They'll score a lot of points, and the defense is going to stink, and you're going to wonder what millennium you're living in (laughs) where you watch Bears football, and the defense is the weaker of the two units. Question number six. He's Tyler Folgem. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. This game is Saturday, 9 p.m. Eastern. The Rams laying three against the Chargers. Battle of Los Angeles. Sean McVay, Rams head coach, says they are taking a 
very different approach this preseason. It's going to trickle over to the regular season as well. My question, that's based off going 5-12 and 12 last year. Is a different approach in the preseason going to lead to vastly different results in the regular season? No, a healthy Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Donald will lead to vastly different results in the preseason. It was an offensive line. It was about as bad as it could get from the injury luck perspective for the Rams last year, Super Bowl hangover. The roster is going to be completely different. Um, I think if they do stay healthy, they're going to play in a lot of entertaining games like the Vikings and Lions did last year. They're going to score a lot of points, but with nothing but basically rookies and second-year players surrounding Aaron Donald on defense, they're going to give up a lot of points as well. They are a fascinating story to me because the defense is not very good. They did nothing to address it this offseason. They lost Jalen Ramsey, and they have a tough schedule to start the year. And you got to ask yourself, if they don't play well early in the season, is there a thought process in L.A. where maybe it's, hey, we're in a division with the Niners and the Seahawks. Maybe we just kind of punt and we start looking at the post-Matthew Stafford era with Caleb Williams at USC, who is in our backyard. One bonus question I wanted to throw mm. your way. We talked about Baker Mayfield a little while ago. You had said if it doesn't go well in Tampa, maybe he spends the next few years of his career as a backup in the NFL. I don't think that's ridiculous to think. Are you surprised Carson Wentz is without a job right now? I was just about to say, as soon as I finished that answer on Baker Mayfield, I was mad at myself that I didn't invoke Carson Wentz, who we saw on Twitter wearing— You invoked it in my brain. That's what got my brain thinking about him. So you did invoke something. I was thinking maybe backup, but dang, Carson Wentz is out of the league right now. And we saw how desperate he was on Twitter with the Eagles helmet, the commander's jersey, and the Colts shorts uh, saying, I'm getting my work in, I'm grinding. And and it looks like no one wants him. Now, I think Carson Wentz also had – and this is crazy to say comparing him to Baker Mayfield, some issues in locker rooms and wasn't necessarily the most likable player, especially when he wasn't playing well. I think Baker is actually liked and is a competitor and has more um, locker room equity than someone like Carson Wentz. But it is amazing that Carson Wentz was once upon a time a league MVP candidate, if not for injury, and the number two overall pick, and now he's out of the league just a few years later. So maybe Mayfield's looking at that instead of backup role if he flames out in Tampa Bay says everything you need to know about what the league thinks of Carson Wentz, right? I don't think it's necessarily a talent issue because he has enough talent to be a backup somewhere in the NFL. It's probably about how he acts in the locker room and what those three teams he's already played for think of him. Speaking of quarterbacks, three different quarterbacks that could start in San Francisco this season. Who will be under center come week one? NFL two-a-days continue next. He's Tyler Fulgham. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Joe and Amber, the podcast. It is a scintillating affair in Cincinnati tonight between the Bengals and the Packers. Not even four minutes into the first quarter. Both teams have already found a way to punt. Neither team really made any progress down the field. Preseason football is back, ladies and gentlemen. Preseason football is back indeed. He's Tyler Folger. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. It's time for a little NFL Two-A-Days. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Days. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The San Francisco 49ers. Blue 58! Go! This is Nick Wagner covering the 49ers. No surprises in San Francisco as quarterbacks will once again dominate the headlines for the 49ers as they open training camp. Presumptive starter Brock Purdy is still working his way back from offseason elbow surgery. And though there's optimism he will be cleared at some point in camp, it remains to be seen when that will happen. In the meantime, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold will both get work with the starters as they jockey for position on a depth chart that needs clarity heading toward the September 10th opener against Pittsburgh. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. This is a big one. The San Francisco 49ers, one of the favorites to host the hoist, host, hoist the Vince Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season. Let's go to the Vegas odds, 9-1 to to win the Super Bowl, plus 360 to win the NFC. That means a $100 wager returns $360 in profit should you win, minus 200 to win the NFC West. They are the odds-on favorite, followed by Seattle, the Rams, and the Cardinals, who are 27-1 to 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 win the division this year. 27-1. to Would you rather play that or Justin Fields to win MVP at 25-1? to Think about that for a minute. Regular season wins for the Niners, 10 and a half. You bet the over, you need 11 or more. You bet the under, you need 10 or fewer. And an overwhelming minus 460 favorite to make the playoffs. Went 13-4 and four last season. Had a plus 173 scoring differential. That was number one in the NFL. Nobody outscored the opposition more than the Niners did. They make it all the way to the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia where they lost 31-7 to in part because of a series of injuries that ravaged 
the quarterback position. So here we go, Mr. Folgem, one of the favorites to take down the NFC this year, the Niners this season. Let's start with the quarterback position. Who do you think it's going to be? What's the best option for the team? All signs point to Kyle Shanahan keeping with Brock Purdy. I mean, he did nothing to lose the job, obviously, got hurt, was uh, perfect, undefeated as a starter for this team, and he seemed to fit perfectly with that offense because you have one of the best left tackles in the game, one of the best running backs, two great wide receivers, one of the best tight ends, one of the best play callers, and he manages that like Jimmy Garoppolo did. However, he provides more athleticism, more ability off script with his legs that Garoppolo did not. I also think he's a little more aggressive than Garoppolo, willing to push the ball vertical downfield. And when you have weapons like San Francisco has, I think that's, of course, something that you want to lean into. So I think Purdy's going to be the guy. Uh, And the great thing for the 49ers is you have Kyle Shanahan calling these plays. And if Purdy gets hurt, you can turn to Sam Darnold who I think is going to play the best football of his career should he get the opportunity with this supporting cast and Kyle Shanahan. And he still had the number three overall pick a couple years ago in Trey Lance, who's the best athlete of the bunch. So I'm not concerned, even though it looks like, you know, they say if you have two quarterbacks or three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Not in this offense with Kyle Shanahan. They have three options that I think will win football games in the regular season. So I think they're yet again going to be an NFC West contender and an NFC contender. What do we make of Purdy? What is the likelihood that he wins the starting? Let's say he wins the starting job. He's the guy. Let's say he doesn't get hurt. What's the likelihood that he plays as well, if not better, this year than we saw last year? I think it's higher than 50%. I mean, really? It's not, so it, some people think it was a fluke last year. You, yeah. you think it's going to be more growth. Yeah, I think it's going to be more growth. Year one to year two leap in the NFL is um, significant, especially at a position like quarterback. And when you have that type of supporting cast and that type of genius play caller who's going to put not only you but everyone else in the best position to succeed, I see no reason why Purdy regresses. I think there's some growth there. And I'm not saying he's going to win MVP or throw for 4,000 yards, but I don't think he's going to turn the ball over. I think he's going to make enough plays and distribute the ball appropriately. I think he can be like a prime Alex Smith type already in year two just because the tide will lift him. That is McCaffrey, Kittle, Ayuk, Samuel, Trent Williams, etc. Okay, help me out with this. You know fantasy better than I do. I cannot... I cannot decide between which player I like to have a bigger year from a prop perspective. They might both be able to go over, but all signs out of the Niners going all the way back to OTAs and everything in the spring is that Brandon Ayuk entering year four Mm -hmm. is set for a massive year. Every single player was talking about how great he's looked and how he's ready for a big year. So I'm looking at Ayuk and I'm thinking I can play some over props there. Then I'm looking at Debo Samuel who put up some numbers last year, but by all accounts was not in shape. He addressed the fact that he wasn't in good enough shape, that he didn't play well last season, and then he came into shape or came into camp in extraordinary shape this year. Kyle Shanahan was talking about how Debo just kept sending him shirtless, topless pictures like all (laughs) summer to show him how good he was looking. So I'm thinking there's a huge bounce back potential there as well, even for a guy who had a good season. If you were to pick one of those two to go soaring over their yardage props, who do you think it would be? Or touchdown Uh props. I, I'm a believer in Ayuk, uh, um, but I think the safer play is Debo. I think based on what we saw last year, um, you're going to see a little less of Debo um, in the running back hybrid role, and you're going to see him 
play more strictly wide receiver, which is beneficial to getting over those props. I mean, we know the production is going to come from Debo when he's healthy, and Purdy's the type of guy who can get him the rock. So I think I would rather play Samuel, although everyone in the fantasy community, just like what you were talking about, is a big believer in the talent of Ayuk. It's just there's so many mouths to fill, feed, and he's third, fourth despite his talent on that on that list behind Debo, Kittle, and McCaffrey. So I would, I would yield if you have to play an over to Samuel. Okay, now let me ask you this. In the NFC, the Eagles are the favorite to win the conference. The Niners are right there with them. And then it kind of feels like they're a drop-off. Do you see it as Tier 1, Niners, Eagles, and then a drop-off? Or do you see it differently? How would you structure the NFC right now? No, I think there's three teams in that top tier, and you have to include the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, we'll see if they So three actually... teams in the top tier. Yes. Cowboys up there. Okay. Yeah, I, we know we have our concerns about Mike McCarthy in the postseason, but if we're just looking at rosters, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys roster is better than the Eagles. Uh, if I would just, just playing, I, I'm actually going to play the Cowboys to win the NFC East over the Eagles this year. So once we get okay. into the playoffs. Take that, it easy. Well, I mean, now. I know you're on your way to Aruba in a little bit. Just take it easy with whatever <laughs> I was going to say, you jumped right the into this show. I mean, there was no hello, hi, how no, are you? And I that. felt like, man, I'm going to coast for a couple hours here on Joe and Amber and go right into my vacation. But you, you turned it on right away for me, and I had to – answer the bell. So I don't know after this break if I'm going to be much good to you because I might already be in vacation mode. Harry Douglas likes to call Friday radio shows Love Fridays. I like to call Friday radio shows No Foreplay Fridays. Doesn't work <laughs> out well for me, but the reality of the situation is no foreplay. You just jump right into content and you go to work, which is what we've been doing here throughout the course of the show. Niners, uh, I mean, be careful well with those No Foreplay Fridays as a married man, Joe Foreman, yeah. Bob. <laughs> See what I'm saying? All I do is get myself into trouble <laughs> with this big fat mouth of mine. Speaking of the Niners, the team they practice with this week is in a world of hurt. We're going to break that down for you guys next. He's Tyler Foljam. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Joe and Amber, the podcast. To one of you guys back in Bristol, do me a favor and check on Winter to make sure he didn't swallow his own tongue during that update. A lot of words, a lot of action. Sounded like that traditional broadcaster snafu that I've had where, like, you get so caught up in the words, you run out of air and you have to stop mid-sentence to regather yourself. I do that on a regular basis, Daily Wager, Monday through Friday. Weeknight, 6, 7 p.m. Eastern, alongside this guy, the host, Tyler Foljam. I'm Joe Fortenball, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Great to have you with us today. A lot of action around the NFL preseason. Jordan Love led a touchdown drive. Packers up 7-0. Your boy, George Pickens, wide receiver in Pittsburgh. 33-yard touchdown grab. Steelers up 7-0 over the Bucks. What do you think about that? I mean, it goes about as you would expect. George Pickens versus some backup or bad defensive backs. I think the Steelers' offense could be one that is undervalued and wildly exceeds expectation this season because Pickett can make that year two jump in. We know Deontay Johnson's a baller, and I think Pickens is as well. So, I mean, AFC North, Joseph. <laughs> Whoever comes out of there is going to earn their spot in the playoffs because that division could be sick this year. 
Week 18 ends this year. How are those four structured top to bottom? And this is not a preseason question. Yeah. You will be held to this all yeah. year long. I'm going to go Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Now you're going to just get us in trouble. So you just this is just the full-on troll job. Cincinnati's going to finish last in the AFC North? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I can't, I'm looking on Caesars right now, and they yeah, don't have— They haven't have, done a whole lot the last two years. They don't have Cincinnati's yes-no playoffs posted because I want to hammer the no right now. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I <laughs> get it. They've done the a Packers, lot the last guys. couple of years. Great. This NFL, not for long. They're ready to—I mean, Joe Burrow already hurt. Division yeah. is tough. It improved all the way around. They I open mean, with Cleveland and Baltimore. Zero and two is on the table. It's on the, the table season. if if Burrow's not quite hundred percent or not able to play. Even if Burrow was healthy, those are not gimme games at all. All right, NFL two a days continued in the previous segment. We talked about the San Francisco 49ers, who are right now here in Las Vegas, where Tyler and I reside doing or participating in joint practices with the Las Vegas Raiders. These two will square off Sunday in a preseason game. While the Niners have a lot to look forward to this season, I don't know if you could say the same about the Raiders. They're obviously <laughs> looking forward to moving past what happened last year and getting on with the era that is, uh, I guess, Jim, the Jimmy Garoppolo era. I don't know how long-lived this will be, but a lot of news at a Raiders camp today. Let's start with this. All-pro wide receiver Devontae Adams limped off the field during the practice against the Niners. It appeared to be a right leg injury. He was sandwiched by 49ers linebacker Oren Burks and cornerback Charvarius Ward while running a slant pattern early in 11-on-11 team drills. Las Vegas coach Josh McDaniel said after practice, quote, I don't think it was crazy serious. It was just kind of a bang-bang play, totally clean on both sides. What are we to make of this? It doesn't sound like it's awful news for the Raiders, but Adams is, shall we say, a big part of what they like to do. Uh, yeah, um, not good. <laughs> uh, not good at all. Um, I don't expect much out of the Raiders team this season. If Adams is healthy enough to play, he's going to put up his numbers because he's still one of the best in the business. But regardless, it's not going to help this team you know, compete in the AFC West, uh, in my estimation. They're going to finish you know, third or fourth in that division. They, I think there are some value on betting them as the team to finish with the worst record in the entire NFL. Oh boy. Joe Fortenball. You're an Eagles fan. If Josh McDaniels was coaching your team instead of Nick Sirianni, would you have you know immense confidence in your team's ability? Like, what has Josh McDaniels done in his NFL career besides call plays for Tom Brady under the tutelage of Bill Belichick with success? What has he done? It would be it would be worrisome. It would absolutely be worrisome because we saw what happened in Denver. He got a shot. It started pretty well. If I remember, like the yeah. opening year, maybe they were 6-0 and or something. Yeah, you were right. It, it, it got away from them, and then they moved on. That's okay. A lot of coaches in their first stint struggle. Belichick struggled in his first stint. He was fired by the Cleveland Browns. You know, you live, you learn, you go on. Pete Carroll struggled. He's gone on to become one of the greatest coaches in NFL history. So we shake that off, and we, and we assess him now to see what he's learned from then until now. Year one with the Raiders, there were some bright spots at times. There were some down spots. And, and like, the way they handled the car situation, that's the thing. There's winning, there's losing, and then there's how you go about your business, right? There are some teams out there that struggle at times. Like, anytime the Steelers might be down a bit, it's still a well-run organization. Mm -hmm. There aren't stories of any sort of dysfunction. Mm -hmm. There aren't real bad decisions being made amongst management, coaching, whatever. It's just, you know, they might be struggling. That's it. They still band together. Last year, the car thing felt very awkward where they were sitting them because they didn't want them to get hurt. 
so he doesn't get hurt. That's how he ends his tenure as one of the more successful quarterbacks in Raiders history, believe it or not. And then after that, they get nothing for him out on the trade market, which makes you wonder why did they care if he was going to get hurt one way or another? I guess because they would have been on the hook for the money. So I think this year is a very big year for how Josh McDaniels is going to be perceived. It works in his favor that Mark Davis isn't one of the wealthiest owners, so he might not want to pay two coaches at the same time and have to buy out those contracts. So that's an advantage. But the other story that came out today is that they signed running back Damian Williams Mm. to bolster their backfield death. Now, Williams hasn't done a lot in his NFL career. He had a pretty good performance in the Super Bowl win over the San Francisco 49ers a few years back. But you got to ask yourself, here comes Williams. Is this because Josh Jacobs, their Pro Bowl running back, hasn't reported yet? He's on the franchise tag, you remember. He has not signed. He wants a new deal, so he's skipping. So this is another situation you have to look at where Adams is banged up, Jacobs isn't reporting, another running back's coming in. You have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL to open the season. This could get real bad in a hurry, could it not? Absolutely, and I expect it to be somewhat bad, maybe even in a hurry for the Raiders this season. We have now seen multiple franchises try and maybe threaten their holdout running backs by bringing in either visitors or signing players. And there's more, let's face it, there's more supply than demand at that position in the NFL. You can go get a Damian Williams off the scrap heap. Kareem Hunt is out there, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. Uh, there is there is the supply. There is not necessarily the demand. So uh, if Josh Jacobs wants to hold firm in his belief that he should be paid, then I, I, I Damian Williams is not going to be, is brought in, I should say, as a threat. But they'll use him and... I mean, it's running back. You can find guys and get production. Plus, this is not a team that's really competing right now. So um, I don't see more than five, six wins at most. That's the ceiling case for me with this Raiders team. I think they could bottom out as a three- or four-win team. He's Tyler Fulgham. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Tune into an AL East rivalry tomorrow as the Yankees host the Red Sox. Over under four and a half hours for that game. Coverage begins (laughs) at 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So what happens to McDaniels? If the season goes poorly in year two of the contract, what do the Raiders end up deciding to do? Say it's a situation where they go out, Garoppolo's Garoppolo, maybe he plays 12 games, maybe he gets hurt, he leads you to some exciting wins, he makes some boneheaded plays in key spots and costs you some games. That's kind of what you get from him. But all in all, a slightly above average quarterback Maybe you win six or seven games this season. You miss the playoffs. That's two years of the McDaniels era. And, you know, six, seven wins, going to put you close to the top of the draft. Caleb Williams, Drake May, a lot of good Mm -hmm. quarterbacks supposedly coming out this year. Would you trust McDaniels to guide and mentor a young rookie quarterback given that it would be year three? Like, you don't want to do this Justin Fields thing where you, you draft Justin Fields, put him under a head coach that you fire a year later and immediately reset the kid's progress. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he'll stay around. Uh, I think you make a point that has to be considered that Mark Davis is not one of the most cash-rich owners in the NFL. And he could sell to his fan base. McDaniels could sell to the fan base like, hey, I haven't had my quarterback yet here. I had to, I had to inherit Derek Carr and the franchise, we didn't want him. We sent him off to uh, free agency so New Orleans could get him. Then, you know, in that we were waiting to see what would happen, and Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of what fell in our laps that season. Um, so allow allow me to draft and develop a quarterback. So And Mark Davis will say, all right, that's something to sell to the uh, fans, and I don't have to pay two head coaches. Win-win for me. So <laughs> I think ultimately no matter what, McDaniels is back next year. I, again, 
I just think he's going to be back after yet another kind of disappointing and losing season. Okay, so let's play a little game, and I thought I had this up, but I'm going to bring it up now. I'm going to give you the first five games on the Raiders' schedule, and I want you to tell me what their record is after week five. I'm not going to go game by game. I'm going to give you all five, and then you tell me. Are you ready? Ready. Week one at Denver. Week two at Buffalo. Week three hosting Pittsburgh. Week four at the Chargers. Week five hosting Green Bay. One and four. Ooh, that's not good. And then you host New England, and then you're at Chicago, at Detroit, Giants, Jets, nope. Dolphins, Kansas City. You know what? Bye. Let me let me uh, let me amend Ooh. that. Oh and five. Oh and because five. Because that Monday night game against the Packers, that was the game I was going to give them a victory. There will be more Packer fans by about two to uh, about a two two thirds of Allegiant Stadium will be Packers fans, and the other third will be Oof. randoms um, because the Packers travel well. So yeah, I think they're own five. A lot of bratwurst that weekend on the Las mm-hmm. Vegas Strip, ladies and gentlemen. Ch- uh, what are they? Cheese curds? Cheese curds, I believe. Cheese curds in Green Bay. Pa- pa- you nailed it. I, hey, look at me. I know curds. my Midwest. A man of the Joe Fornball is nothing if he's not a man of the people. All right, the NBA on Christmas, the schedule dropped between what they're giving us and what the NFL is giving us. That is going to be an incredible Monday. We're breaking down the key aspects of it next. He's Tyler Folgem. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Happy Friday. Great to have you with us today. Let's get set to enjoy the weekend alongside Tyler Folgem. My name is Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We have got NFL preseason football all over the place. Packers leading the Bengals 7-3. Giants leading the Lions 6-3. Falcons up on the Dolphins 6-0. Steelers, Bucks tied at 7 apiece. Packers apparently just went in again, although it's on TV in front of me, and I somehow am always five seconds behind this. I don't have time for this. I'll figure this out later. Good news, my man. You are a big NBA guy, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this. The reports have been leaking about the Christmas Day schedule. Get a load of this. Now, Christmas is going to be a Monday this year. I don't know where everyone stands on what the perfect day is for Christmas, but Christmas is going to be on a Monday you're going to open the day, and this is just from a basketball perspective, the Milwaukee Bucks at the New York Knicks, Giannis at the Garden. Game number two, the Sixers in Miami to take on the Heat. Game number three, the Celtics in Los Angeles oh. to take on the Lakers. And it well, better be well, green well. versus gold. I don't want oh, to see yeah, any white yeah. jerseys out there. I agree. Game number four, as we work our way into the afternoon, the Mavericks will be in Phoenix to take on the Suns. A lot of star power in that one. And then to bring the whole Night home, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors in Denver to take on the Nuggets. So I'm going to go real quick again. Bucks, Knicks, Sixers, Heat, Celtics, Lakers, Mavericks, Suns, Warriors, Denver. Which one gets you the most excited? Which I mean, one gets the the, bud, the blood pumping? That's Lakers, Celtics. Really? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Warriors, Nuggets, I think will be fun. But uh, Lakers, Celtics has the um, history. Um, it, all the other ones are basically, you know, interconference matchups. Bucks, Knicks, East, 76ers, Heat, East, Mavericks, Suns, that's West, Warriors, Nuggets, West. We have an East-West matchup with Lakers and Celtics. I, you got the star power still. I, I think the Lakers are going to be a legit contender after they brought back that roster that made that late run and took them to the Western Conference Finals. And the Celtics, obviously, um, 
they are disappointed with what has happened the last couple of years, and they're going to be a hungry team. Jalen Brown got paid, Jason Tatum uh, in the prime of his career, so Kristaps Porzingis now there. How does that look? I think that's easily, and this is a great card, but that's easily the marquee. Jalen Brown didn't get paid. Jalen Brown got all the money. <laughs> what was that deal? That was like, wasn't it like three hundred five million dollars? And then invested in Tesla, Apple, and Google, like in the early years of their uh, infancy I mean, of their uh, uh, climb up the uh, in the S and P. But I mean, my goodness, the richest contract in NBA history, Jalen Brown. I mean, it's going to be usurped me. by someone, but never thought I'd say that. Well, Anthony Davis got past him in terms of amount per year because yeah, Jalen's getting correct. like sixty million a year. Davis is getting like sixty-two million a year. You give me that kind of money, the first thing I do is take a million cash and just bury it somewhere. <laughs> like, there is absolutely – and I know people say, oh, that's such a terrible investment. Trust me. You give me $300 million, I'm going to make lots of bad investments. There's a chance all that money goes away in a rather quick fashion. So I'm going to make sure there's a mill buried somewhere in the world so that when I reach absolute desperation, I just can just go dig up that briefcase and I've got some cash on hand. I won't I be mean, rich obviously anymore. you don't have to tell me where you're going to bury it, but, like, what kind of – ground are you searching for are you burying on a beach in sand are you going in a forest in dirt are you like what what do you find or what would you think is going to be the most effective burial great question landscape great question first off it's how you bury do you remember training day the movie with denzel washington you know the guy they robbed at the end the criminal Uh that he was friends with they had to dig up the cash that was under that guy's kitchen floor Uh so like i would package the money like that in that in that like plastic sealed stuff and then it's inside something i'd have to wrap it in several things it would probably be somewhere in the mountains knowing me i am now a a mountaineer i climbed mount rainier this summer not everyone is capable of scaling great heights like i am so i would want to eliminate a large percentage of the population from ever coming near this briefcase of money in order to get it you'd have to climb a mountain but as we know i do that quite easily on a (laughs) i'm not gonna say regular basis it's a one-time basis probably never happening again i'm still injured from all that stuff now we gave you the NBA card. This is a Monday, Christmas this year. The NFL's got a card as well. Ooh. Starting in the morning. Well, 10 a.m., I think it's Pacific time. We're going to have the Raiders at the Chiefs. No love lost there on Christmas. Yeah. The Giants at the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And then the Ravens okay. at the Niners. Now we're talking. There we go. Like, look at that lineup. Raiders, it's, Chiefs, e- like, those, the, those are it's two rivalries where everyone hates well, I, each other. I hear you saying, look at that lineup. The NFL one is underwhelming to me. What? Raiders, Chiefs, yeah, great rivalry. But the Raiders, we just talked about how we think they're going to stink. That game's not going to be competitive. Okay, Giants, Eagles, how many freaking times do I got to watch an NFC East division game in primetime somewhere? I'm tired of it, Fortinball. I'm watch tired of it. your mouth. It's NFC beast. We all know that. Everyone talked so much trash on the division last year. They sent three teams to the playoffs. Yeah, they ain't doing that this year. Now, Ravens, Probably Niners, not. that's good. That's good. Clean football fun. Potential Super Bowl preview. We have two offenses chock full of playmakers, defenses that are great, organizations that are run well. Like, that is a matchup. So, Raiders-Chiefs, I'll, I'll watch the highlights of Patrick Mahomes throwing five touchdowns on the Raiders. Are Giants-Eagles boring. Uh, Ravens-Chiefs, I'm locked in. 
Are there two better teams in the NFL suited to play one another with their styles than Ravens Niners? No. Like it feels like well, when you make that matchup, you're, you're 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 saying to yourself like a few years ago when we got that crazy. I think what was it the Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Rams where we yeah, got like a hundred points on the board in that 51, game. Yep. Like those two were perfectly matched for each other in that matchup with the way these two teams play defense and with how creative the offenses look. Ravens Niners is like one of the all time marquee, this is going to be a fun watch football matchup, is it not? Oh, it's going to be awesome. Styles make fights, baby. Niners defense trying to stop Lamar Jackson. That Ravens defense and the brand that they um, espouse, the brand that they sell. Like Pittsburgh and Baltimore, I think, that is a style make fight. Those are two heavyweight haymakers uh, in the ring. And San Francisco is kind of an NFC version of that. You know, they could play that brand of ball. Um, I do think Ravens-Steelers games, that's kind of the best in terms of if you want to see physical grown man football, you better not be a you-know-what when you come in here. That's that matchup. But this one is going to provide that on defense. However, there's a little more star power on offense because of what the Niners bring that is going to make it oh so juicy to watch all season. 60 minutes of that game. And that one I'm locked into. The other two, I'll be watching some hoop. Worth noting is the fact that within this segment, you have used the words usurp and espouse. Yeah. I mean, they don't watch call me Merriam-Webster for nothing. Okay? <laughs> yeah, watch, watch, what's the famous line in, what is it, uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin? With uh, Now, that's the second time you use a word I don't understand. <laughs> watch your mouth and help me with the sand. <laughs> Kevin Hart, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kevin. I believe it. Or is, is it Kevin Hart in 40-year-old version? Or Yeah, because he's, it's, just a, it's before he's famous. It's before okay. he's really famous. So it's just a cameo. He's a customer up. in the store. He gets into it with one uh, of the other guys. Yeah, that's it's right. that that's one right. scene, yeah, and then yeah. he's done. But he steals no. the scene. He's fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, you nailed Watch it. Watch your mouth you and it. help me with the sale. Do you think the NBA looks at these NFL schedules on Christmas the last two years and, and like quietly gets – gets ticked off at it. Like last year, the NFL rolled out a ridiculous card. Like the NBA used to claim this day, the NFL is doing everything it can to grab a piece of it. Yeah. Last year, I think was more, um, you know, middle finger. This one, there's not (laughs) as much middle finger um, as last year, but NFL is king. It's our, it's our nation's drug, Joe. Bucks at Knicks, Sixers at Heat, Celtics at Lakers, Mavericks at Suns, Warriors at Nuggets, Raiders at Chiefs, Giants at Eagles, Ravens at Niners. Merry Christmas. America is the place to be. That is just an absolutely incredible way to celebrate the holiday. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Caleb Williams, is he the future for the Arizona Cardinals? Watch out, Kyler Murray. He's Tyler Folgem. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.